Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Dobry vetcha from Prague in the Czech Republic, and welcome to Bohemican.com podcast. I'm your host, Pete Coleman. And I'm Travis Dow from the History of Alchemy podcast. This is going to be a great episode uh, for Bohemican.com. It's the history of beer, or what we call Pivo, here in Bohemia. And uh, it's something that people travel far and wide to experience, Travis. Nastravi, Pete. Nastravi. Which, Cheers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> your health. Do our listeners know what that means? <laughs> Nastravi. That's, that's your check lesson for today, folks. Uh, Bohemian-style beer is world-renowned for its contribution to Pilsner Pivo. Beer production and consumption was a staple of life through history here in this part of Central Europe. Uh, and not really just for its intoxicating effects to make you feel good, but for safety. Mm-hmm. You just didn't drink water. Yeah. If you drank water, you got sick as a dog. Bad news, yeah. <laughs> okay. A lot of stuff floating around in this stuff that would get you sick and give you dysentery. So beer was something, as well as wine, right. would, would be something that, that you would normally drink uh, with almost anything. Uh, it didn't matter if you were a king or a peasant. You had beer or wine to drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, as we said, the beer fits really good into this part of Europe, mainly because wine is, is difficult to grow in, in northern to central Europe. If you go to Moravia, to the southern part of this country, they're very proud about their wine production. Here in, in, in the, the central part of Bohemia, uh, it's a little sketch. We're in beer country. Yeah, Definitely. this is beer country. Yeah. So you don't mess around with wine. You know, you bring your wife here, hey, by the way, you want a glass of wine? No, you want people. Yeah, oh, no, we're, we're, we're near <laughs> some of the best hop growing regions in the world, so and why, the why are, fight it? Why the fight Czechs it? are very proud of this one stat. Per capita, the Czechs drink more beer than any other population on the planet. It's funny. They they're actually, one. They're actually proud of that. They are they're, proud everyone of I've spoken to, they're like, we're number... <laughs> they are proud of that. They're very the proud of beer. that. Uh, but going back to his historical reference here before we move on to the really good stuff, um, we know that there's different types of beer in the world. There's Germanic beers with their ales that had great influence on other breweries and how breweries were to be run in Bohemia. Uh, at, at the time, it, you had, to, in the Middle Ages, the king had to grant you permission to have a, 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 uh, a brewery here uh, in, in different mm-hmm. parts of, of Bohemia. And it was a family legacy. It was something that the recipes weren't written down, but they were passed by word of mouth and, and the action of how to do, do that. You had to have a, a master brewer. You had to have an apprentice. And you had to teach them these type of brewing techniques. In 1256, the year 1256, breweries were built in the kingdom of Bohemia under the direction of King Ottokar II, who I can say was a badass on the battlefield, died on the battlefield, Mm -hmm. uh, was really uh, one of the warrior kings of Bohemia that they they produced and also liked his beer. Um, And he actually created the town called Budweiss. Does that sound familiar, Travis? That sounds oddly... I think I've heard of that We'll before. get to that in a yeah. moment. <laughs> Medieval beer recipes were, were very close family secrets, and that continued for, for centuries. Um, one of the places that I wanted to mention here that's very close to where our podcast originates is here in Prague. And there's a, a monastery called Strahov Monastery. It's very, very close, a stone's throw away from Prague Castle. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, it's it's something that uh, we want to to give you an example of because the monks brewed this type of beer there, and it's still yep. still brewed today, and it is delicious. This is yeah, it's supposedly a traditional recipe um, from the original monks, and they have a you know if you if you stop by there, they have this like a seasonal offer, you know, something for the for the fall, for the summer, for the winter, and uh, when I was doing ghost tours there. I did castle. One of the tours was the castle because it's right there. That's where we would start. And the tourists had an option. I'd say, hey, you guys, you know, it's your money. You guys want to stop by for a- more art and architecture or some beer? Yeah, and I, I, well, I'll try to sell it to them. Like, this is really good beer, you guys. And normally, like, part of my tip would be that they'd buy me a beer or something. But, um, um, well, it, you know, it wasn't completely off the beaten path, path of uh, you know, talking about historical reference on your tour. Oh, no, because, like St. Norbert. Yeah, you know, St. Norbert the, the, uh, the monastery. Is, is part of that of the monastery. Also, uh, King Vladislav II in 14, mm-hmm. 1142 made this monastery and put the brewery in In, in, in your Rudolf II podcast, you mentioned the Devil's Bible. That's where it was kept. That's where Rudolf II kept it. Devil's so. Bible, plenty of beer, time, good times are happening. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. At Strahoff Monastery. Uh, but you mentioned you mentioned uh, Pivo uh, and Saint Norbert. Uh, his ale is actually served there. Yep, it's called Saint Norbert beer. Or it's, something. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a darker beer. It's pretty stout, isn't it? Yeah, it's they have they have a couple of them. It's like amber, a, a dark one. Dark beers are common here, but this is I think these are more in the direction of ales rather than lagers. Which I think we'll we'll kind of break it down a little bit we, later. But yeah, for for people that aren't beer aficionados, um, but one thing that that. Bohemia has over everybody else is the idea that the Bohemians created Pilsner. Pilsner, yeah. In fact, um, beer, beer in general, is the cheapest thing on the menu. It's cheaper than water on a, which they're trying to change that because it's, it just it just looks bad. You know? It looks bad. It's, if you want a Coca Cola or if you want a soda, oh product, man, it's double as much. It's double as much. Per, so you're, you know, you're just better. You're just better to uh, have a have a beer. Yeah, I'm kind of tight on the budget right now. I better uh, better I, just I drink know. beer. And here here is the caveat: if if you come visit visit uh, Prague or any any parts of Czech Republic. Um, there are very strict laws here on on drinking and driving. There is a zero oh, yeah. tolerance. Yeah. Uh, so so people are very aware of that. And part of the issue of following rules here is, is part of Czech Republic. You follow rules unless you can find a way to break them. Uh, but this is not <laughs> <laughs> this is not how this is not something they, they really try to break. And it has curtailed a lot of driving deaths. So. Uh, I will tell you that if you if you are driving a rental car or plan on doing something like that, you just can't drink. Uh, if you right. do so, you can have to stick around for four or five hours until it metabolizes. Uh, but um, they do offer a lot of non-alcoholic beers here. Gosh, I can't believe I just said that on the show. It makes me sad. Sad. People inside. drink it though. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, that's another it's thing. It's like, oh, I'm having lunch. I better have a non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. In the states, non-alcoholic beer. I, you just don't. I, do I've it. never had one. Like, no, but they 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 but, have very good, tasty beers yeah, here that are non-alcoholic. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right, but you know, we talked, we we alluded to, uh, you know, things here in Prague. The the Czech Republic is full of of breweries that are very proud of of their product, and and one of the places that I know strikes a chord with many Americans is the name Budvar. Uh, yeah. And we talk about Budweiser back in the states. There's a town south of here. If you take Route Four, heading down towards Austria, mm-hmm. you'll pass you'll pass through Tabor. You'll pass through a few other little towns. You eventually get your way down to Česká Budovica, mm-hmm. and Česká Budovica is a beautiful little town. But they're known for one thing. What's that? Travis? Well, for you know Česká Budovica, but the German name is Budweiser, right? And I had uh, on my tours, I had some tourists that were like, "Man, I can't believe it! Czech is so famous for their beer, but everywhere I go, I see signs for Budweiser. <laughs> What's going on?" I'm like, "Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on, hold on, right?" 
Um, so I would say a lot of people, most people, I don't know, but but you're you're definitely aware that there's two Budweisers in the world. There's the Anheuser Busch one, which I'll call Bud, just to it's clarify. St. Louis, Missouri. Right, and there is. The Czech Budweiser, which I'll just call Czech Var to keep them very distinct for, for you know, when I break it down. But um, in the States, so they've, I mean, there's like 30 court battles on who has the name, um, who has, you know, the trademarks and everything. And where that comes from, the reason there's so many battles is that both are right. I wouldn't say like one's clearly, one clearly came first, one clearly, uh, you know, one clearly has the trademark. Um, the thing is, Budweiser just means a beer from Budweiser, just like you have Pilsner, right? It's a beer from Pilsner. Now it kind of means more Pilsner style, because Pilsner is a certain way of brewing. But it's just like saying Berliner beer, uh, uh, Munich Münchener beer, right? Like, this is just you know Budweiser beer. Well, so some people, some people actually call uh, um, like when you, when, you, when you have a, a Guinness, they call it a pork chop. It's got the same caloric intake as a pork chop. Well, you know, okay, so, 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 so hamburger, beer, hamburger right? beer works, yeah. <laughs> but uh, like Viennese beer is like Vina beer, like you know, it's it's yeah, that's another weird one. But um, so you know, the word Budweiser just means beer from Budweiser, beer from Chesky Budiovice. However, the the trademarked name actually came from Anheuser Busch. So um, Mr. Bush married Anheuser's daughter. And he joined his father-in-law's brewery, right? So now we kind of get that, Anheuser-Busch. That was at the end of the 19th century. And Bush went off looking for ways to improve brewing methods. And, you know, where better to go than Bohemia? And there he heard of or visited a town called Budweiss and found out that they had excellent beer and came home and had a couple of tips on brewing. But... Um, also had a great name for a beer. This is something that that resonated. Like German speaking German speaking immigrants definitely would have known what a what a Budweiser is, a Budweiser. So, um, in Budweiser, in the uh, in Budweiser, in Czeski Budiovice, the town, there's a couple of breweries, not just one. There's there's Budvar, which that's the name. If you buy Czechvar in America, Czech Budweiser. It's sold as Czechvar or Budvar or, or some something thereof. But there's another one called Bürgerbräu, which is like citizens brew. So it's kind of a people-owned thing. And Budvar is state-owned. This is from the communist days when the, the, they nationalized all the, the breweries. Pilsner and, and, was state-owned. As, as an aside, this is very important too. There were many, many breweries here before the communists came. And when the communists mm-hmm. actually came into power in 1948... Uh, in in uh, the Czech Republic or Czechoslovakia at the time, uh, they um, conglomerated forcefully. A lot of them merged, yeah. and they yep. merged, and so there was something lost in that that is is, is coming back uh, into full bloom mm-hmm. in the 21st century oh, yeah. uh, with the freedoms that they have as a, as a republic now. But uh, there were just a handful of these breweries this, back in the in the days of the of communism. Yeah, and this actually goes back to some of these court cases that Czechvar, as we know it. Um, maybe originated in communist days. However, one of the smaller breweries that that came from was in 1796. So if you go to its oldest roots, um, Czechvar clearly wins as far as older beer being known as Budweiser. Okay, But they probably had a different brewery name. It could have been Schmidt's Budweiser Beer or whatever. And um, 
uh, Anheuser-Busch was the first to actually trademark Budweiser so in they, the States. They, they got to the patent office first. That, I mean, right. that's really the story in short. But 100 years later. Right. Okay? Then that's, that's not it. So, uh, so in America, Anheuser-Busch kind of, let's say, won more court battles. So they're known as Budweiser, and, and Budvar is known as Czechvar or Budvar. Uh, Czechvar or Budvar sometimes, but um, in Europe, it's, it was country by country, and in several of the countries, Czechvar won, so they're Budweiser, and Anheuser-Busch has to be called Bud, or something different. I think the only place where you can actually have both, where you can see both on the same shelf, because the consumers are beer conscious enough that they don't get confused, is in the UK. You can see Budweiser and Budweiser. They're both called Budweiser, and they're both on the same shelf. One, one's Anheuser-Busch, One's from Chesky Budiewice. Uh, but everywhere else, it just, you know, you just, they get the, the brand confused. And Travis, you, you've actually taken a tour of the, uh, the brewery down there in Chesky Budiewice, haven't you? Yep. Yeah. What, what is that like? Well, it's a... The, 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 is it a mecca for a lot of American tourists? The, the thing is, I, you know, I don't really think so. I don't think there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of German speakers there, but it's really southern Bohemia. There's not a... There's a lot of other things to see, like castle-wise and... But Chesky Budiewice itself, the city isn't a huge tourist draw. I mean, except for maybe that it's Budweiser and, you know, and, and that brewery is really a factory. It's modern, it's huge, it's still state-owned. Um, yeah, I mean... Uh, and, and, well, now, let's talk about the taste. You know, I one, one thing is uh, when you have so many different great beers here, it's, it is difficult uh, to, to pick out the beers you want. So when, being here for the past two years, I... I I've become, uh, you know, a, an adventurous drinker in the sense of uh, nothing too much, but <laughs> just enough to try try a different brand every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do like Budvar, but it's kind of got a maybe a soapy sort of taste to it. Is that part of the it's, process? It's not my favorite beer. However, if you take the, if you take the tour, um, they they'll let you try. They t- take you down underground and they'll let you try it in a very cold chamber before it gets pasteurized. Yeah, and that is delicious. In fact, even if you have it at the at the kind of bar restaurant they have in the brewery, it's just so. It's just, I guess it's really fresh. I don't know, but it's just so good. If you buy it here in a bar, it's it's it loses something clearly. People don't drink beers in cans that much. Oh no! I uh, people will will drink beers in bottles only. Is yeah. pretty much the flow, yeah. and they'll take the bottles back for recycling to get right. their money back. That happens quite a bit here. Now they have experimented with some some breweries with bottling in plastic bottles. Uh, they've done that in the United States for some years now. Um, it's insulting to Czechs. Actually, there's a lot. There's some billboards for co- competing or competitive uh, uh, breweries that make fun of the other brewery for bottling in a plastic bottle. Right. Um, it does change the taste. I know that when you have them in the cans, it, it does it does hurt the taste of the beer. Yeah, the exception to the plastic bottle rule is. Um, I've seen people on several occasions grab any plastic bottle, Coke bottle, whatever, go down to the local bar and say, fill it up, I need to go back home. And this happens all the party. time. One, one thing and that, they just start from the tap, you know? One thing that is part of Czech culture here in the summer is everybody, doesn't matter what station in life you have, what how much money you have coming in, everybody has a cottage. <laughs> oh, yeah, Everybody right. splits town to get out of the hot, hot cities of, of Ostrava, out of the hot cities of Bruno, out of the hot city of Prague, and they go into the country. Uh, our family has a, a little little cottage uh, that is shared by other family members. Uh, we don't own it, but we, we, we just we crash there uh, in Schumava, which is the uh, southern part near Austria uh, that uh, is in the south um, western part of the country. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, so it's it is a, it's a very neat wooded area down there, but very sparse with these little towns. And it's very common for people to go to the to the bar and say, "Could you fill up these pitchers? We'll bring yep. back the pitchers later." Yep. <laughs> and they'll exactly. bring, they'll walk back to the to the cottage and have a barbecue out there, a cookout, and just drink, and then bring back. I mean, it's it's kind of Mayberry esque. Sure. Uh, uh, about the trust factor with this, but you know, beer pivo is the staple part of life here. There's a lot of interesting quirks about Czech beer, and uh, for instance, if you order a beer, you're going to get asked. Well, you know which which grade. Okay. Yeah. What, what does that mean? Or or they'll say, um, for for instance, they'll say, uh, like if you ask, you say, okay, I want a beer. They'll say, um, tenner, twelver, like you know, dvanatsku, something, yeah. and it's not so ten ten degree beer. Ten, uh, like, think of it as the fermentation grade, uh, or more formally the the. Gravity balling. There basically a, a system invented by Professor Balling in the 17th century. So the degree, if you say 10 degree beer, um, that does not mean it's 10 percent. Sometimes people, not in Bohemia, they use a degree sign, but in other parts of the world, if they use this, they'll put a percentage sign, yeah, we, we use which a causes in the states, which tells you yeah. the alcoholic level. Right. So uh, this causes confusion know, because it's, it's, not the same. it's not proof. It's not percentage. <laughs> yeah. A, a I mean a, a normal. Five percent beer could easily be an eleventh grade. Eleven grade. There's no direct correlation, so I can't say five percent is ten grade and six percent is twelve grade. No, it's you can have some some heavier beers that are lighter, have a lighter alcohol content. It has more to do with the temperature of brewing, the percentage of malt, you know, in the brewing or malt extract in the in the brewing process. So not alcohol per se. There is some correlation. Um, an 18 grade beer has a lot more alcohol than a 10 grade beer, but it's not a one to one or you know not a not a straight relationship. Right? Pilsner is uh, the claim to fame for Bohemia. Uh, they introduced this to the rest of the world, and uh, it is uh, a very very famous beer. And there's a great joke that I want to tell you uh, dealing yeah. with this, and it's kind of an inside joke. If you live here, you, you kind of get a little giggle out of it. Uh, but to, before I start it, you have to know that there's a soft drink. That is uh, not quite Coca Cola, but it's called Kofala. It's communist cola. It's communist cola. It tastes <laughs> as if you. I don't want to upset the fine folks at Kofala, but <laughs> some folks love their Kofala. So it's you don't want to taste. It's like yeah. if you left Coca Cola out um, open for a couple days. It's kind yeah, of flattish a little can, bit. Can we politically correctly say that this is our impression that it tastes like flat? Licorice soda. There you go. Something like that. I don't think but, there's anything disparaging about that yeah, description. Um, I don't mind it so much. I think if you compare it to Coca-Cola, I, I get a little touchy. But in, in its own right, it's a, um enjoyable drink. And, and I never sort of. like to explain a joke before I tell it because that means it's going to really go bad. But, but you have to know this for this to be somewhat um, uh, funny. All right, so there's three men that go into a pub here in the Czech Republic. And uh, one, of the man, one of the men is from Pilsen. Another man is from Česka Budovica. And the third man's from Prague. Mm-hmm. All right. So the guy from Prague orders uh, his favorite beer, which is brewed here in Prague, called Ostaropremen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy from Chesky Budovica says, oh, I'll have a Budvar, please, mm-hmm. you know, from his hometown. And the guy from Pilsen looks at both these guys and tells the waitress, uh, Prosim, uh, I, I will have a, a Kofla, a soft drink. And the other two guys look at him very strange with an inquisitive look and, and say, aren't you, aren't, aren't you having beer? With a, with us, he goes. If you if you guys aren't having beer, I'm not having beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so again, it's funny. However, how, here. 
I do Pilsner <laughs> out of the macro the big breweries. Pilsner is by far my favorite. So it, it, there might be some truth to that. Fair too, enough. Right? I, I do say that, but I think that's a great segue into into what uh, Pilsner is like here. Um, and it, it is from a town in uh, western Bohemia called Pilsen. Uh, Pilsen uh, beer simply means that it comes from there. Pilsner beer tradition goes back to the 13th century, um, and it, it was topped with a fermenting ale. Uh, you could basically get this idea if you go to one of the one of the tours uh, at Pilsner Urquell, uh, which is uh, the Czech term for that. If I can remember, if I can actually say this correctly, is uh, Pil- Pilsenski. Uh, Prazdroy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pilsenski Prazdroy is what you'll hear here in, in, uh, in Czech Republic when you say you want a Pilsner Urquell. Uh, Urquell is German for original. Is that correct? It's uh, like... It's like... Or number one? The first... No, no. It's like the first spring or prehistoric spring. He's Urquell. Or, yeah. Now, how would you say that in German? Urquell. Urquell. Pilsner Urquell. Okay. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, they wanted to... They put that name to this Pilsen process to this company mm-hmm. because there were a lot of imitators when this first came out. And so they wanted to say they were number one. They were the first to do this. And their process, if you take the tour, it is amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, you. You can see the, the modern brewing plant with the, the computers and the technology and the conveying, conveying belts. Cool. But the coolest part is when you actually take a tour from one of the, the dress tour guides and you go down into the cellars, man. Mm-hmm. And you see the process from from uh, several hundred years of, of, of how they how they brew this and what they do. Uh, they have an amazing museum and a 21st century uh, state of the art 4D experience. When I say 4D, you've got your taste, you got your smell, you got your touch, and you got uh, some other uh, um, vibrations mm-hmm. <laughs> during, yeah. during the movie presentation. And you get to actually put hops in your hands, and you feel the water spray in your face. Uh, and you get to see uh, in a in a hermetically sealed case uh, a a genetic uh, um, uh, one of the first hops that they have uh, replicated maybe genetically later. Okay, if it was just ever in destroyed. case. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Right. Take it very seriously, uh-huh. here, folks. Okay, so you go through this tour, and at the end of the tour, they take you to this this very very deep sort of um, very cold dark place. They would take the ice from the river there and break it in pieces and put it in there. Uh, and as it melted through the course of the year, it would have these gutters along the way that would go where the brewing process is located to cool down this this whole apparatus. Mm-hmm. So we're talking, you know, 17, 16th or 17th, 18th century technology instead of air conditioning to cool right. the process down. You can see mold in, on the walls. You can see uh, the fermentation process uh-huh, right yeah. in front of you. So it is pretty cool. So the reason that cooling is important, right, is because this is lager beer. And... I think um, uh, definitely our beer aficionado, aficionado listeners will certainly know the difference between ale and lager, but the, the, the difference is pretty simple, that ale is a top-fermenting beer that brews at room temperature, and lager, lager is the, the German word for storage, or like to, to store, and, and so it's, it's brewed at a colder temperature, it's bottom-fermenting beer, and it's critical to keep that room at that temperature during the whole process, hence the ice and the basements and, and this, these cold rooms. And they do taste very different. And, and so when this technology came around, this is, you know, like you just said, one of the places it was per- perfected was in Pilsen. I would also be remiss if I didn't mention some other great beers from around the, the Republic uh, that are renowned for what they are, too. We talked about Stato Primen here in, in Prague. Gambrinus is another one. Velki Podovice uh, is another one. Um, Pilsner Uroquil. There's some other, great, uh, some other great beers that, if you travel around 
Bohemia, you'll find them. And of course, every town is so proud of what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go to Storkanitsa, which is which is actually on the way to Shumovo from Prague, heading south, uh, it's it's a very old fortifica- fortified city, but they're very proud about Dudak. Uh, uh-huh. Oh correctly. yeah, I've had that. Yeah, one. it's yeah, it's yeah. actually it's a very small brewery. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah, uh, pres- the former president Klaus actually was down there and tasted it and said this is one of my favorite beers. Mm-hmm. Um, I made him some Russian there, uh, but <laughs> sorry. Um, so I mean, there have been some prominent people that that have tried it, um, uh, Dudak, and uh, love it very much. Uh, there's Terra Bruno. There's Ostravar uh, from Ostrava. Oh, Branek yeah, also yeah. does a great uh, non-alcoholic beer. Too. Mm-hmm. And one thing that, that is, is kind of uh, uh, an acquired taste, but uh, I would say that it does go well. I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but lemon beer. They have a lot of different oh, flavors yeah. of beer. Yeah. I think in the States that would be geared definitely towards the women drinkers of beer. Uh, but here, people or do it because it's refreshing. Really, Everybody really drinks hot beer. summer day is not an excuse to not drink beer. You just go for the... Like in Germany, they have, beer. they have the yeah. Rodler. It's like lemonade and and uh, but lemonade in the German sense, like Sprite. It's like Sprite and beer. And it's it was in, it's Rodler is like a bicyclist, right? So it's like oh, I'm really I'm working out here. I'm going on a tour. <laughs> Don't drink beer because it's healthy. <laughs> well, well, you can't not drink beer. That's but, right. But you can mix some Sprite in it, and you know, compromise, compromise. Have we enticed some of our listeners to make the trip to come to Prague or come to the Czech Republic? I think we have. Uh, it is it is basically a beer paradise here. It's a d- delicious city. It is, and you know, to give you an, to give you to give you an idea uh, about what this like what this is like, uh, we're going to give you a little special treat here on the show tonight. at Bahamakin. You know what? Com. Can we can we just go for some beers beer, right now? Travis and I are going to make a trip to a local pub, and we're going to have beer, and we're going to tell you the experience. You're making me thirsty here. I'm, I'm, this is this is ridiculous. All right, so let, let's go to that right now. Okay, we are here getting some beer tonight. Travis, how do you feel about that? Well, it's about time. I've been talking about beer all night, and finally we're here. So, um, yeah, it's good stuff, too. We're drinking Pilsner. It's a 12th grade. We, we talked about that. Um, so you're saying we're going to feel this in a little bit later is what you're saying? A little bit later? Um, uh, I, I played the fifth, and so we're, we're here with some buddies, some experts in the field. So we have with us, can we name your names? My name, Nitesh. And, and who else do we have here? It's Omar. Hi, everyone. That was Omar. Already we've had too much beer and it's only been a half a half a half a glass. What would you say about the the experience of drinking beer in the Czech Republic, Chavez? Well it's dirt cheap. Uh, when I moved here it's like fifty cents a glass. Now it's like maybe a dollar a glass. Um, it's the cheapest thing on the menu. And it's it's pretty good stuff. Guys, what do you have do you have a special type of beer that you guys like? Yeah, I do like ten degrees of Czech type and I do usually have like a couple of them in the night. What's your favorite beer? Uh, I like beer. Kozel? Kozel. Yeah. It's a great beer. It's brewed per- here in Prague, actually, isn't it? It's just south of Prague. It's one with a goat on it. Yes, you're right. Yes, I've seen him. I've seen the goat. <laughs> I actually went on the tour, and I got to pet the goat. What's Omar's favorite beer? Pilsner, 12 degrees, and then Kozel, the dark one. P- Pilsner is probably, I would say it's my favorite, like, big, big brewery, right? But uh, I, I will say that uh, this is a very typical thing to do on, on not just a Friday night or a Saturday night, okay. but any night. People go out to drink uh, beer at any given time here in Prague. Uh, especially for breakfast and or lunch and brunch and mid-meal snack. And is there a better beer than Czech beer? Have you had, is there something better? Not really, not for me. Czech is the best. Is, is Slovak beer better than Czech beer? It's almost as good as Czech. <laughs> All right, well, um, that was delicious. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> You know, I, you know, it, it, what's, what's fun about, about going to different pubs, and it's something we have to mention with this PIVO broadcast, is that, you know, 
one of the things that you have to understand is that pubs have a very unique identity. And you'll see this when you go to England, you'll see this when you go to a few other places. But here in Prague, there are names for things that, uh, that are unique to the pub. Uh, uh, the Three Pigs. Yeah. Uh, that's the name of, that's the name of uh, one of the pubs here. They've got three little piglets that are on top of the deal. Um, and near Zhishkov, which is a kind of a working class neighborhood near the little mountain, there's one that uh, is uh, a very difficult area for a lot of expats to go into because they're very the, the locals like their privacy mm-hmm. <laughs> away from foreigners. Uh, but uh, there's uh, one called the, the Bar of the One Eye, if I'm not mistaken, which is a reference to uh, Jan Zhishka, the uh, famous um, uh, uh, Hussite warrior uh, that, is, that graces the mountain. Uh, it's a tough bar to go into. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. But, not quite a biker bar, but, but tough enough. So, you know, every bar's got its own well, unique review. Well, there's Ukatia, and there, there's one in several cities, which is at the Executioner's. And the, those are in every city. That's where the executioner, because they can only go to one place. That's right. In the, like in the days of medieval of, times, yeah. they were shunned by other societies. So, the, so and if you wanted a beer, it's still in Prague, and it's still called that right off the of Old Town Square. That'd yeah. be a for a T-shirt. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so as you know, there there is a very unique culture, beer culture here in the Czech Republic, and uh, you'd be remiss not to come here and experience some of that. It is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's not just beer. It's not just beer. There, there's something called be- Bekarovka. Uh, yeah. That and there's a fermentation process that would make moonshiners in in uh, West Virginia proud. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, if you were to, uh, to to distill herbs and even juniper, uh, you would get uh, some of these great uh, these these very I want to say great kind of acquired taste to me, but uh, um, some very potent uh, concoctions. You know, yeah, it, it this Becherovka kind of it tastes a certain way. You know, it is kind of a I mean, it's it's an herbal liquor, right? But but it tastes a certain way because it started off as medicine, or rather, it was it was kind of developed by a pharmacist. And it, that is a so, great way to put it. It tastes like medicine. It's you know <laughs> I, I like it, but but then you're like, wow, that's a why would they go in that direction with the taste? And then you find out that like, okay, it was originally it's a digestive aid, and that still, I tell you what, it's still in 2013. Uh, that is, I just dated the podcast, but it is still recommended as a um, hangover cure. Nice. You're feeling pretty, pretty. <laughs> little hair of the dog. <laughs> little hair of the dog the next morning. Yeah. What, what is hair of the dog in Czech? Boy, I don't, I don't even want to know. Yeah, well, Something yeah. un- unpronounceable. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so Bekarovka is it's it's a it, it is very famous. Also, without you know, not just in the Czech Republic, but it's from Karlsbad, from Karlovy Vary in Czech, and which is a famous Czech. Um, Resort Spa town. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, again, for our listeners, this is, has to be another show. <laughs> we keep coming mm-hmm. up more shows when we talk about these podcasts. But uh, uh, there are, and throughout Czech Republic, there are these spa towns that you can actually, if if you are a Czech resident or well, I don't know, it's an EU citizen, but a Czech resident, you through your insurance, mm-hmm. your insurance will pay for you to take these spa visits. It could last a couple days, a week, uh, maybe even several months to recuperate from injuries or just to get well again. And Carla yeah. Veri is one of those uh, very unique places yeah. that um, that uh, uh, caters to this, and they want to give you healthy things. And yeah. uh, it, you might actually get a, a glimmer of this from that first James Bond movie, uh, uh, Casino Royale, with mm-hmm. Daniel Craig. That's all filmed in Carla Veri. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's what the town really looks yeah. like. It's supposed, um, to, you, it's supposed to be Montenegro in the movie, but but uh, right. it's it's, yeah. uh, it's it's definitely Carla Veri and. Uh, 
they uh, they would give you something like Bekarovka to uh, help yeah, your digestive it's, yeah, process. Yeah, it's all you go there to heal. Um, in fact, there's a famous meeting um, that I read about in German. It's um, uh, Bach met Goethe there in Karlovo. Like they're both there for you know spa health reasons, and they met each other. It's like a famous meeting among those uh, in, in German circles, at least. I don't know if, if I've never seen that that conversation written about in English, but. Um, yeah, it's 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 a for centuries it was a famous healing town. They have, have you heard about the uh, kind of radioactive? Um, because there's there's the old mines like so there's there's silver mines vaguely in the area. There's it's a you know mining area near there, but one of them is and they still use it. It's still in use. Was um, you can go in these caves and it's radi- it's slightly radioactive. And they say slightly enough that it's healthy. You can kind of go in there. And <laughs> that can't be right. They still do it. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't recommend it. But but they still do. Carla so. Vary is is an area that uh, is is full of Russian expats. And so Nowadays, it is little yes. Russia. Yeah. And some Czechs look at it in a negative aspect. It, it used to be little Germany. There were only Germans there in, in the Austro-Hungarian days. Now it's only Russian. Now now of course if I told you that uh, a Russian would love to say I love Bekarovka. Um, they probably would be shot because it's a vodka drinking uh, society. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but this stuff is 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 no pushover grandmother's teetotaling type of of, of alcohol. Bekarovka is is how much proof? Seventy six. Okay, yeah, that's good yeah. stuff. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. So so you got to you got to sip it. It's a sippy sort of thing. So you got to mm-hmm. sip it. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's it, it's prestigious enough. It's won some awards. Like I when I was reading about the you know the early days of the of the. Um, Bekharovka, it actually won a Grand Prix, which I thought was a race, but um, it, they won a Grand Prix in the World Expo in Paris in 1900. So, you know, it was famous then already, and that was, you know, you know its early days. Well, so, you know, we, we, talk, we talk about, and there's actually so many more things that, that are distilled here from, from herbs and, and, and other uh, like they distill everything. They still, let's, yes. let's be honest. <laughs> exactly. This is this kind of like the West Virginia idea of distilleries here. Um, uh, you do have to be careful. Recently, uh, there have been some some poisonings of people that oh, yeah. uh, that will buy something without a label, mm-hmm. without any background to it, and uh, they they lost their vision or they or they died. Uh, this is clear liquid. They were like called. Moonshine. I mean, just last year, they were called all the alcohol in the country, all the bars everywhere. They only sold wine for a week or two because people were falsifying the labels, and and you know some bars got it from a back alley yeah. a dealer or you didn't know what you're going to get. Yeah, even supermarkets. You know, you, there there was there was some wholesaler in between that got some shoddy alcohol somewhere, and people were dying and going blind. People were were saying it. it's it's uh, Czech Republic's in prohibition, and you would think it was the end of the world because it was only like what maybe 15 days. I, I thought it was the end of the world. I thought <laughs> so, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, come on. I was on. looking at my liquor cabinet like, uh oh, am I going to get low? Uh, but I, I think. Um, uh, one of the things that, that tourists uh, bring here is an expectation that they'll be able to get something called absence, mm-hmm. uh, the Green Ferry. That's right. All right. Yeah. Um, why is that, Travis? Because that's not from Bohemia. Yeah, I don't think it is originally. I mean, when, when I think of it, I, I think more of Paris. But um, it, I think the reason it's so tied to here and the, and the tourists really want to go for it is because it was made illegal for a long time basically everywhere else. Um, in Germany, you could find something called absinthe, but wasn't the real deal. And in the States, it was just completely banned. And um, I, they recently made it legal pretty much everywhere again. Um, but but when you think of absinthe, think of like turn of the century, nineteenth, you know, nineteen twenties maybe. And people would mix it with laudanum or mix it with you know some kind of morphine or, or opiate. And um, 
just the combination was so well known that when they banned opiates, they also banned absinthe. So there's, there was no real reason for making it illegal in the first place, and people kind of came around. But for a long time, I think even now it still has a reputation. You come to Prague, oh, you got to have an absinthe shot with the, the burning sugar and the, you know, right. the absinthe spoon. There, there's a culture around it. It tastes definitely. horrible. It, it, it is a Hence very, the sugar. Yeah. very bad taste. Uh, yeah. it, it'll... <laughs> And they say, put hair in your chest. It might take hair off your chest. Uh, I, I think, and you'll find it. You'll see when you walk down the, these alleyways, which is one of the, my favorite things to do in Prague, and, and also in some other cities too. Is just to walk down these alleyways that are that are medieval, oh, and yeah. they connect to you know grand uh, um, squares, city squares. Mm-hmm. Eventually, uh, but you can get lost, wonderfully lost in this town, wonderfully lost in Tavo, in, in wonderfully way. lost in, in, yeah. in, in other places in in, in this in this great mm-hmm. republic. But um, in Prague, you will see every you know in every street there's going to be a little hutch or a little convenience store with a wooden door, and it'll be a, a bright green sign saying "Absence sold here." Yeah. And uh, you know, folks, it, it's probably not worth. It. I don't want to ruin the business for absence stuff, but if, if you're in a town you know full of beer, that's really where you no, need to go, be. Yeah, go for the Czech beers. Get yourself some Bechirovka, Slivovitsa, this uh, plum schnapps, or any other kind of fruit schnapps, and mead. Have you have you had? Uh... No, I've never had mead. No. Really? Okay, we've got to get you some mead. Uh, that's, that's another thing that's, that's far more common here than any other place I've ever been. Um, and, I mean, you know what we're talking about, like, basically honey ale, right? So it's, it's um, low content, low alcohol content, kind of honey beer, but just made from, made from honey, fermented. Well, we really hope you enjoyed the show today. Um, I, I really had a, you know, a great time talking about this and, and uh, exper- you know, having an experience with, with uh, different types of uh, beer when we went out to the pub. I think uh, um, it, it's, uh, it, it is a fun experience about living here in Prague as an expat. Um, when I do go home to the States, uh, yeah, I do have a, uh, maybe a Budweiser or a Coors or every once in a while, definitely a Sam Adams. Uh, you know, I do miss the beer here. <laughs> There's no mm-hmm. comparison. You can get some of these brands in the United States. Uh, they actually, so, when, I, when I went to college in uh, Corvallis, Oregon, they had Pilsner on tap right around the corner from where I live. They had like maybe 10 beers on tap, but one of them was Pilsner. It might be. So, it's, you, you know, know. You, can, you can definitely get a taste of this stuff everywhere and, uh, you know, around the world these days. Um, uh, unfortunately, I was going to say unfortunately, conglomerations have really bought up a lot of these breweries. What you think is is uh, a very unique brewery in itself is actually owned by a multinational corporation, uh, right. probably someplace yeah. else in South Africa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> actually, you know, they they own a lot of they own a lot of these breweries. But uh, uh, still, um, if you want to come to the Czech Republic, this has to be part of the part of the process. You got to at least have a have a beer uh, and enjoy your time here and watch the people go by. It goes great with the with the very starchy, heavy food. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dumplings. We'll get into that in another show uh, between a potato and a bread dumpling. Uh, if you don't know that, you're going to get kicked out. So, um, <laughs> so we hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Uh, you know, you can check check up on what we're doing here in uh, the Czech Republic with Bohemican.com. That's the website that I put together. Uh, take a look at it. There's so many different things you can take a look at: the culture, the history, the pop culture, the music. You can take a look at uh, um, the people, the artists that have made Bohemia Bohemia. And uh, uh, we'd love to hear from you. So please feel free to go to the contact page. Email me and uh, give me your your suggestions, maybe corrections. I'm working, I promise you, on my pronunciation. <laughs> it might take a couple more years on my Czech pronunciation, but it's coming around. Uh, so please feel free to email me at any given time. We'd love to hear from you. Yep, and uh, stop by historyofalchemy.com and, and listen to our sister podcast, the History of Alchemy podcast. 
Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in and listening this evening. Ciao for now. Hi, this is Aaron McCann, the Deputy Politics Editor at the New York Times. Right now around the country, you're probably hearing conversations about issues that affect us all. Immigration, the Second Amendment, sexual harassment, just to name a few. That's why our focus at the Times is on reporting the facts and the issues that matter most to help you understand what's at stake for your community, for your state, and for your country. The truth demands our attention. Read, watch, and listen to the New York Times. Visit nytimes.com slash truth. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.